Welcome to this episode of Clinically Pressed. We are on with Rusty Murphy, who is the founder of Rising Athletes, a nonprofit in the Cross Wisconsin area that focuses on getting resources to athletes that otherwise may not have them. That could include fees to participate. It could include equipment. Uh, they've done some amazing things locally, and I know they're definitely looking to expand to just give underprivileged athletes a chance to do what they want to do with what they need to get that done. I've known Rusty for years. I was his athletic trainer through his college football career. And so we talk about rising athletes and also just a little bit of his experience coming through and what he learned and thinks is important for other up-and-coming athletes to know um, and things that maybe he wished he would have known back then or really things that he has no regrets for because he dove all in and really bought into what was going on so great episode uh, it was fun to catch up with him we've got some things planned in the future to work together so stay tuned for that uh, if you're an athletic trainer and like the idea of journaling check out the athletic training daily journal um, even if you're not an athletic trainer if you're in healthcare. Uh, in a leadership position, it could be beneficial to you. Yes, it's geared towards athletic training, but really you could interchange almost anything if we refer to athletic training in it. Uh, 50% of proceeds go directly to donations. The other 50% just to fund uh, Clinically Pressed Co. to help uh, get things going up and running. We got some things in the works for 2024. Uh, but without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of Clinically Pressed. We are on with Rusty Murphy, who is the founder, uh, started up uh, the nonprofit uh, Rising Athletes, which is based out of, well, it started in La Crosse, Wisconsin area. I think it's still based out of there, even though uh, yep. Rusty's moved to a different part of the state, but kind of now addressing the entire state. Uh, I knew Rusty back when he played football at UW Lacrosse, and I worked there. Um, we didn't spend too much time together. Uh, yeah, I was, other times. than being on the field, <laughs> a, a couple of things came up, and w- that we worked our way through. Um, but uh, saw that he started this up. Uh, we've been touching base with them, just with some of the work we've been doing. Hopefully, some more partnership stuff coming through in the future. But I wanted to have him on to just talk about what rising athletes is and what they do and then we're going to get a little bit into uh just kind of the process of athletics and you know kind of rusty's story of you know high school to deciding to play um at a division three school um and then kind of even that process there which you know we both had both had experience with because we were there but from two very different sides um and not to make him feel too special. Um, Rusty was one that bought in a lot to what every, what we were selling to the team. And that was a huge uh, benefit to us to have uh, him buy in. And hopefully it also uh, benefited him and his experience as well. So 
Uh, first, I'll just turn it over to you if you want to just talk about rising athletes um, and kind of summarize it, and then we'll jump into it from there. Yeah, for sure. So um, it was me and uh, Katie Lieber is her name. Uh, she's a, a mom in the lacrosse area. Uh, three boys, I believe. Uh, they go to lacrosse Logan High School. Um, so me and her connected back in the uh, – summer or summer fall of 2020 during all of the fun uh, COVID pandemic stuff, everything was closed down. Um, you know, not a ton of like look, look lacrosse's uh, football field was closed during the day, you know, not a lot of places to train, stuff like that. Um, and I had been noticing um, kind of trends, you know, online. Um, I've, I saw that like, you know, going to Logan high school or central to use their field and, High school guys were working out too on the field. So, you know, kind of met up with a few of them uh, and just saw some inconsistencies um, with people having access to certain, you know, whether it was equipment or cleats, you know, that was like the example I had, you know, I saw a kid didn't have a pair of cleats who was like going into his junior year of high school um, and did some research and was like, you know, there's probably a pretty big gap being created now, especially with COVID and, you know, sports were getting, you know, seasons were getting canceled left and right. You know, you assume resources that were going to those sports were no longer, um, or at least paused for the time being, um, you know, not as much help from the school districts. So, uh, I had this idea to start a, a company or an organization. Um, and, uh, Katie, I had met Katie through the, uh, principal and athletic director of uh, Logan high school at the time. Uh, they told me she had a similar idea. Um, so we connected and created, what now is rising athletes um, with really just kind of an idea to help as much as we could. Um, didn't really know how, didn't know, <laughs> didn't know how to necessarily get funding. Um, didn't know how to, I mean, we went through the whole process of set, setting up, uh, which you now know, Joel, like the 501 C3. Such a good fun time. process. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very, very fun portion. Um, so we learned all that together, um, set up, all the, <laughs> all the fun state requirements, all that stuff. Um, and we launched and 99% um, of our funding is usually crowdfunded from, you know, parents, citizens of the lacrosse area, people that support us online. Um, a couple of companies have reached out um, and given us, you know, a, a check here and there, which is really helpful. But um, yeah, like totally crowdfunded. Um, you know, we don't have, you know, huge checks from corporations or anything like that. So it's, you know, kind of a, a real tight knit community group that helps us. Um, and our sweet spot in terms of helping has been kind of the little stuff that you don't really think about um, from an outsider's perspective, but just the little fees and little, little things that kind of add up when you have a, um, a student going through, you know, multi sports or clubs, stuff like that, you know, the, you know, when you go to like, a, for example, like, powerlifting events there's usually like some sort of fee for each person to participate sometimes it's 10 bucks sometimes it's 100 you know it, it is what it is but you know sometimes that stuff can add up for families and kids and parents so we've really hit a sweet spot of kind of fulfilling those things through the crowdfunding um and getting that to those who are in need um we have a pretty easy setup you can just go to our website um click on um fill out our form you know if you're if you're looking for assistance on something so uh you know overall it's a pretty easy process um me being kind of <laughs> away from lacrosse right now uh i have to give props to katie and the rest of the, the uh, rising athletes team they've done a lot um since i've been gone um 
you know, really just making sure when these things come through to us that we can reach out and get them, you know, fulfilled, get them paid for whatever it is, whether it's cleats or, you know, a random fee or what whatnot. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, overall like a really good learning experience for me. Uh, it's really cool to see, you know, a community kind of help each other in a way, because really we're just kind of the intermediate intermediary between, you know, where the funds go, but, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember seeing it when it popped up and I was like, wow, you know, a guy who's still in school figuring out how to do all this. And I don't want to make the 501c3 thing sound too scary. I probably made it out <laughs> to be a little bit bigger deal than it needed to be because just the way they make it sound when you submit that, like if you mess something up, it could delay you by two months. Um, yeah. There's a lot of good resources out there, and I would happily share anything with anybody who's trying to do it to work through that f- form 1023. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's long a beast, one. but it's doable. Yeah, it's worth it too. You know, I mean, the United States government does help out nonprofits a lot with taxation and and other things, so it is good to get it done. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it was a really cool. Like you said, I was still in college. I mean. I really had nothing to do. I was sitting on my hands, you know, not having any, you know, summer football or anything like that. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was really cool and really proud of what we've done and what we're going to continue to do. And, um, you know, stuff like this, partnerships like this will only continue to grow. So, so yeah, it's, it's awesome. Kind of the second big thing, a conversation that we want to have that ties into some of this and hopefully, you know, some future things that we're hoping to work on is, could you talk about your origin story, you know, just in high school, single sport athlete, multi-sport athlete? Uh, if I remember correctly, we're being recruited to go, if you will, to bigger, you know, quote, places or potential scholarship money of some sort. If I th- think I vaguely remember that, ultimately ended up coming to uh, UW Lacrosse Division Three, which for people listening, if you aren't familiar with Division Three. There are no athletic scholarships um, that are given out. Uh, if you go, depending on the school you go to, you might get other versions of scholarships, uh, you know, yeah. academic or otherwise to offset. But mm-hmm. there you don't get, there's no money to play sports. And in a lot of cases, you actually are probably paying some sort of money to play sports um, at, at the Division three level. So if you don't mind kind of talking about that and, um, and kind of your experience there. Yeah. So, um, in high school, I was, um, a three sport athlete. Um, I played football in the fall. I played basketball in the winter and I played, um, baseball in the the summer. Um, so that was kind of my, you know, around the clock, I had something going on, you know, all time of year. Um, I also kind of dipped my toes into powerlifting two years in high school. Um, it was mostly because I was lifting with the same people anyway, and the coach, I would just kind of get thrown into meets. Um, so I, I only wore a squat suit, I think, a couple times, but um, it kind of just was like a fun thing to compete for, you know, sure. with, with the off-season lifting I was already doing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I played uh, mostly three sports, um, and was, you know, busy all year round. Um, when it came to recruiting, I, um, I, I really wanted to play baseball out of college, uh, or out of high school. Um, I was, in my opinion, I was a better at the time. Anyway, I was a better, uh, baseball player than I was a football player. 
Um, but I had the body for football. Um, baseball guys are a little more, you know, a little lankier. Um, you know, you don't do as much, you know, bench press and stuff like that when you're, <laughs> when you're trying to throw a ball really fast and stuff like that. So, um, I ended up getting recruited heavily for football um, my senior year. Um, I had a couple of different um, Division II schools early on, um, Northwest Missouri State being one of them, uh, St. Cloud State, mm -hmm. uh, looking back, which is a good thing. <laughs> good, good thing. Yes. Um, you know, you never know. Um, and then um, a lot of the D3s in Wisconsin, um, uh, lacrosse being one, obviously, Whitewater, um, a couple of the private ones, Carroll College, um, you know, those kind of ones. Um, so it was kind of a long, drawn-out process, especially when you get into Division Two and those scholarships because they only have a very set amount. You know, it's not like Division One where most guys are on scholarship. It's, you know, guys get half scholarships, they get quarter scholarships. Um, so there's a lot of math that has to get done <laughs> that people kind of forget about yes. in terms of just, like, getting a scholarship. Um, which is kind of a misconception, you know, when you hear you're a scholarship athlete, you know, that's not always, I mean, it's, it's true, but you know, they might be paying for two grand a semester, you know, and you're yeah, still it doesn't paying mean full ride. Yeah, ex yeah, exactly. Um, so I was kind of holding on and, and waiting, uh, um, to see if there was any scholarship money that came. Um, it never really did. Um, a couple of, uh, like at Northwest Missouri state, they wanted me to, you know, preferred walk on or, or whatever they called it. Um, long, long ways away from where I lived in Milwaukee, you know, is basically a plane ride. You could drive it, but it'd be pretty long. Um, so that didn't really interest me too much. Um, didn't really love some of the other schools in terms of like the campus and the school, like the actual, what I was going to go to school for. Um, and then I went to lacrosse and, you know, campus kind of blew me away. Uh, they had what I wanted to do in school, um, you know, very reputable on all sides. So I ended up deciding to go there. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where, <laughs> where me and you ended up link, linking up in, in the part of the story. Remind me, cause it all blends together. Was that coach Schmidt's first year? So it was his second year. Okay. So his first full year would have been my, so I was his first, I was a part of his first recruiting class. If okay. that makes sense. So had he coached the year before he came this or did, are you, you talking like, so he was in in the spring when he got hired. Did you start yeah, that yeah. fall? No, the next fall. The so next the fall, fall okay. of, yeah, the fall of 2017 was when I was when I got there. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, because he got there in spring and then 2016, they went, I think, five and five. Yep. And then the eight and two year was my first year. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about, <laughs> you know, like, you know, people, you know, go, picking schools based on being, you know, really good or, you know, having a, <laughs> you know, a really good, you know, reputation of winning. I mean, lacrosse was on, you know, not the greatest streak. He got there, they got to five and five. You know, me and a couple of other guys my age, we always talk like, you know, we committed to lacrosse at, you know, sub winning. And when we, we, we got there, it was, you know, even, you know, five and five. Um, and then to do what we did was, was pretty cool thinking back, <laughs> you know, the best season they had in a while was five and five. So for sure. Um, so, yeah. So part of that, and this is, this is going to sound self-serving to myself, but that's okay. Um, is just <laughs> in that whole process, uh, there was a lot of change that was happening, you know, when coach Schmidt came in, 
just with the assistance and trying to get those all ironed out and strength and conditioning switched over uh, with some changes in that area as well. And in that process, a new, nothing drastic, but a different style of training was implemented. And we had some older uh, players that really bought into it. That was really helpful. I think of, you know, the Noah Rishes of the world and Ryan Weber's uh, that just really bought yeah. into uh, what Dr. Uh, Glenn Wright was selling, which wasn't just lifting to lift. There was always a purpose and it was training to train. It, you know, they weren't workouts. It was all part of a plan um, and focused on more than just getting big and strong. And part of that, what we were selling and i'll speak to it from mine we saw a huge decrease in injuries uh just some soft tissue stuff because we were focusing on mobility and some other you know movement things but if you don't mind kind of talking about like you know you came in and you didn't know any different because you probably were a freshman so it was just do as i'm told is uh kind of a thing you know really buying into that over the course of time you know and trying to figure out or understand that you know, if some is good, more isn't always better. Uh, right. And it's easy for me to say, but it's it can be really <laughs> hard from the athletics athlete side, which I, I get that, you know, you want to be the hardest worker. You want to outwork the other guy. And we would always try and counteract that with, you know, it's about working smarter and not just harder and more. Um, if you wouldn't mind talking about kind of your experience or your thoughts or, you know, on everything there, because in the world of, TikTok training <laughs> and everything. Yeah. I think some of that nuance gets lost. Yeah. So um it's kind of funny. I remember first, you know, the summer of, you know, before I went to, to fall camp, I got the, you know, the freshman, you know, first block <clears throat> or whatnot leading up to fall camp. And I had never seen like half of it, you know, besides bench press, <laughs> you know, one zero X. That was like the only one I knew. Um, so I remember being in the gym and, you know, like watching YouTube videos as I warmed up the whole time. Um, (laughs) so it it was, it was a whole new world to me. Um, like you said, it was kind of a little bit of, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, which was kind of a good thing in my opinion, because, you know, I just assumed that every college, you know, did that, you know, it wasn't like, (laughs) you know, cause you know, I, I knew in high school that, you know, we just lifted the lift, you know, we, you know, you did your bench, your RDLs, your squats, you know, power cleans, whatnot. Um, And then everything else besides those four or five main lifts was just, you know, basically trying to bodybuild, right? You know, you know, curls, triceps, calf raises. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it wasn't all functional and it did, it did fine for, you know, 15 to 17 year olds in the gym, you know, you know, whatever. But um, when, when, when I got there, um, you know, having those guys, you know, like Norrish, like you said, some of those um, 2017 grads that I bought in, you know, it made it easier for me to just assume that this was the way it was and this is how we should do it. Um, and I also knew in the back of my head that, you know, my experience was minuscule compared to, you know, a Dr. Wright of the world or, a you know, Joel Luke of the world. Like I didn't, I did, I had done zero research besides Muscle and Fitness magazine, you know, so, um yeah so so that was um i knew it was different um but you know even after the first couple of months of doing it you know with preseason and during season you know you could feel a difference um just in the way i was moving i was moving better 
Um, you know, everything was very organized and prepared. Like even the warmups were, um, you know, it wasn't just going through the motions of like jogging and jumping jacks and stretching. Like it was very tailored to the lift you were about to do. Um, which I had never, you know, we had the same in high school, you had the same set of warmups, right? You know, you jog back and forth, you skip, you know, whatever. And then you, you go lift, whatever you're doing the same warm up for the same, doesn't matter what the lift is. So that was really um, interesting to me just seeing that and <laughs> be like, Oh, this, you know, this all makes sense. Um, but I think I, where it really clicked was that my first and second off season, um, were is where I had the most, um, you know, high trajectory of training, you know, um, in terms of being, you know, more, uh, more mobile, more, you know, just didn't hurt as much. You weren't as sore after lifts. Um, and you realize, you know, that that's not a terrible thing. Like, sure. Sometimes you can, you should be sore if you do really hard work, but like, you shouldn't necessarily be sore after every single lift you do in the off season, you know, preparing for the next year. Um, which is just something that was drilled into you, you know, when you're in high school, or you're growing up, like you didn't have a good lift unless you were sore, but right. you find out that that's not always the case. Um, and in fact, sometimes it's not good, especially if you're in season and you have a game, you know, two days from now, you know, so um, it was a really big learning experience for me. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, I don't know, I, I, I still do Dr. Wright's lifts to this day, you know, in the, in the warmups and stuff to stay mobile. So, um, it's something that obviously worked for me. And, um, you know, I, I think a big, another thing on this is like, you, you talked about the buy-in, um, you know, nobody on, on earth has the perfect weight plan, <laughs> you know, like you can argue, everybody can argue left and right about who has the perfect, you know, plan to prepare for a football season. Um, but, you know, having a guy like Dr. Wright and you behind the scenes crafting this thing with a, lo a lot of research going into it, you know, a lot of stuff on the back end that, you know, 18 to 24 year olds don't have the bandwidth to do. Um, just being able to have a group of guys come together and do it, you know, no, kind of no matter what and just buy in. Um, it not only helps get your, get everyone's body on the same page, but you know, that translates to playing football better together. You know, if you're having to do the same tasks sure. in the off season, doing the same tasks during the season, you know, it's even easier. Um, so yeah, no, I got no complaints on, <laughs> on the, the new, the new wave of, of workouts. Um, it, it's kind of funny too. Um, you know, when I was in high school, I would, I would follow, you know, bodybuilders or whatever on, on social media. And by the time I got to, my junior and senior year, the same people I was following, they were all of a sudden starting to incorporate mobility into their workouts and, <laughs> and, you know, right. offload days and, and stuff like that. So um, it's almost like we were ahead of the curve there. So it was some stuff like that. It's cool to see. Um, one other thing I wanted to get kind of your perspective on, because we got to see it quite a bit, you know, people would come in um, as freshmen, you know, maybe a little undersized, you know, whatever it may be, not maybe not the yeah. best football player. Um, but then just over the course of the years evolved into whatever it is. I one that just immediately comes to mind is Cole speaker, um, who literally just showed up at sounds like at camp, nobody wasn't actively recruited. And now he's playing professional football in Canada and right. was, 
just doing incredible things towards the end of his career uh, at UW Lacrosse. What was your experience of just seeing that or, you know, feeling that evolution and just even the patience that it took to know that that was coming? Um, I don't remember specifically, so I apologize in advance how much (laughs) you played when you were, you know, freshman, sophomore versus obviously you were captain, you know, starting, you know, linebacker uh, towards the end of your career. Um, but obviously we had other people that you, you probably saw evolve too, that you, you know, came in and they may have been scout team and, you know, is this guy ever going to see the field and then come the end of their career, they're contributing in in a huge way. Yeah, no, I mean, the big thing off the bat is, you know, we talked about this, this off the, before we started, but like, especially now with, um, you know, with the portal and, you know, med reds and, and whatnot, you've got, you know, it's, it's not necessarily uncommon to have 24 and 25 year olds on the football field these days um, in college. Um, and you've got 18 year olds coming in out of high school. Um, like simple math will tell you, there's just no way they could catch up to be able to start in a meaningful way their freshman year. Um, and, you know, sometimes there, there's obviously some cases where guys can and guys will um, just based on their athletic ability some people have you know god-given talent but um assuming you're gonna go in and, and make a meaningful friends as a, a full-on starter you know learning a, a new offense a new defense <laughs> that you know in high school you usually didn't have anywhere near you know the the, um, the complexity of either of those schemes is just kind of unrealistic um so if i had any advice it'd be to just show up your freshman year and just soak everything up like a sponge and when you, you do get a chance to make a real difference, I mean, my freshman year, I got to start on kickoff and punt and all that stuff. Um, and I knew I really wasn't going to probably see the field on defense. So I just bought into doing everything I could right on those two teams to make a difference. You know, I blocked a kicker to my freshman year with Cole. One of them was with Cole Speaker. Nice. Um, you know, got tackles on, on kickoff. So, um, just making a difference where I could was a, a big deal. And, and other guys did the same thing. I mean, a guy that comes to mind for me is like Jake Samunchak. I mean, we all know what he did his last two years, but his freshman year, he didn't see the field at all. I mean, he was on, he was on scout team. Um, he didn't even see it on, he wasn't a punt returner yet. I don't think he was started returning punts until his sophomore year. Um, so yeah, like you've got, you've got all American guys that show up as 18 year olds to a college program and, yeah, they're not starting every single down and making huge, meaningful plays, but that's just kind of where the, where your roots start to grow. I mean, (laughs) I mean, you could put athletics aside and, you know, you've got 18 year olds that have never not been away from home, you know, for (laughs) an extended period of time. There's a lot of stuff changing. You have to actually try in school. (laughs) You, You can't just, you know, bypass, you know, like you maybe did in high school, there's stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I think a big thing you see is just consistency throughout the years. Um, like, you know, the guys I worked out with all four years, you know, like in the summers and stuff like that, like you, you knew they were going to eventually play. It was just a matter of time and, you know, what shape or form you, you never really know. I mean, depending on luck schemes, um, if are there eight guys that are a year older than you and you just got unlucky, you know, like you can't predict that stuff, but like, like Cole Speaker, Jake Simoncheck, um, 
like all those guys that come to mind, like they were all there in the summers. They all worked out um, all the time. They worked really hard and they really tried to follow the program, uh, whether it was off season or in season or spring ball or whatnot to a T. Um, did it mean they were lifting the most and putting out the biggest numbers? Probably not. Um, but that's, and that, <laughs> that was one thing it really wasn't about, you know, like just cause your max wasn't the biggest, like, like how can we make you as athletic as possible? Um, and I don't love the word athletic cause I think it's <laughs> overused cause you can't, I mean, how do you measure a 350 pound guy that can run a, a sub five forty to, a Tyreek Hill of the world that are those guys that are small, but run, you know, sub four, five, 40. So, but, but making, no matter where you are on that scale, are you, you know, a really fast, you know, outside guy, back end guy, or are you a really big interior guy? Like how can you be as athletic as possible? Um, and that usually happens, you know, over a course of those four years. So when you get to junior and senior year, you're a really good athlete <laughs> and, 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 you know, and that all that changes too, depending on, you know, I've seen guys go from linebacker to D line. I've seen guys go from linebacker to D back, you know, just cause I lived on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so as that, as that plan develops, right. You're going to see guys get almost too athletic or, or too big or whatever. So I got to shift, but um, it's not a bad thing. Cause that maybe they find their starting role there. So Absolutely. there's a lot of those things that can happen. It, it's very complex. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not just a simple science like social media wants to tell you. I think that's a really good point that you brought up um, as well as, you know, one thing we always tried to focus on from the strength and conditioning side and everything was, you know, our, our goal isn't necessarily to make you a better football player, um, but our goal was to give you the as much robustness as an athlete to then let that transfer over to the football field or any other sport. So, Yes, right. there's sport in quotes, sport specific training. We probably wouldn't train you the same as if you were a baseball player as a football player, but a lot of the basic concepts say the same and that we just wanted to make you as robust as possible. So then when you went to your sport, you were then able to go and apply that, be, you know, or to what the skills they were teaching you on. You know, for us, we didn't do a lot of maxing out, um, you know, maybe twice a year just to kind of get some. Right basic metrics and we would go on a five rep max instead of a single and just do a conversion but yeah. you know our, our general goal because we didn't also max out on a lot of things but you know squat two times your body weight bench press 1.5 as those have been kind of loosely found to be quote strong enough we, you know if we're getting into that right. do we get more benefit out of focusing on other things than adding five more pounds to your bench press you know if we can right. move weights faster to play into that power equation so it's not always just about the one specific thing i think that's a, an important thing to remember for people is and I, myself because just like you i was muscle and fitness and flex magazine plus yeah. um <laughs> bigger stronger faster some version of that programming yeah. it was just straight linear periodization which is fine but I didn't know what yeah. I was doing um, right. and probably and wish I could go back and do it differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you brought up a good point. Like we never maxed out one rep. Um, sometimes you did on accident. If you went really high on what you think you could do five times, you know, maybe. Um, but stuff like that forces you, you know, like when if when it you, rarely do you see a high schooler doing five reps 
max, right? You know, sometimes again, you might accidentally find it somewhere, but um, being forced to carry weight for longer periods of time, I could tell was a lot different than just, <laughs> you know, crunching up really tight and trying to get a, a you know, rep squat uh, makes a big difference. Um, but yeah, like you said too, I mean, like football is, is weird, <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're on the field and you're, you're, you know, like for me personally, like, you know, you're taking on, you know, 350 pound, you know, O-lineman, right? So is, like you said, is adding 10 more pounds to the bench press better or is, hey, how about you beat this guy with speed instead and you don't really, you know what I mean? You know, so there's there's that balancing act of sometimes, yeah, sure. Like sometimes I needed to be, you know, physical up front. Sometimes I needed to be fat. Um, and you find that a lot on the football field, like even with wideouts, you know, like sometimes they have to block, sometimes they have to run really fast, you know, to the other side of the field. So um, it's not just the science of bigger, faster, stronger anymore. Like we all know it's um, there's a lot more involved in that thing. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> we could go on for hours about the, you know, the misconceptions of, you know, <laughs> 17 and 18 year olds <laughs> and what Which they're doing. may be a follow-up episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think people submit some questions that we can hopefully work through. Yeah. No, for sure. Anything else around your kind of journey through recruiting and kind of, you know, through college that we didn't touch on? before we uh, hit you with a couple of the clinically pressed questions? Um, I mean, um, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, the one thing I would say recruiting wise, um, which again, you know, misconceptions, you know, um, I think the stat is like one in 13 high schoolers make it onto um, a college level team. Uh, I think that's for all sports. Uh, I think football specifically is pretty close. It's like 7% or something like that. You know, so you, you if you got a group of 50 guys, you know, you can count on one hand, you know, how many guys are going to be at the college level. Um, so just getting to that point of making the step and having, you know, people that want you to play on their team is, is, uh, is pretty cool. And it doesn't really matter what level, um, you know, to me, especially, <laughs> You know, I, I could talk about this for a long time, but like, you know, we went to Grand Valley State and played them, you know, my my senior year of college, um, which is Division Two school, very good Division Two school. I think they were in the semifinals of the Division Two playoffs this year. Um, so you get into the weird, you know, lower level D2s, higher level D3s. I mean, this year, lacrosse just went and beat Northern Michigan, you know, which is technically a Division Two school. Um so I, I think the division two, II, division three thing is, I don't know, kind of overworked, you know, a technicality of not being able to get athletic scholarships and stuff like that. So, you know, the biggest thing I would say to, to athletes is, is, you know, the biggest thing that drew me to lacrosse was my mom forced me to think about the eight months I wasn't going to be on the football field, right? <laughs> you're, you're playing football, um, you know, usually August to November, if you're lucky enough, December, uh, the rest of the year, you're still living there and going to school. <laughs> so That's finding fair. a place um, that you're able to, you know, be happy and, you know, be content with there all year round is, is pretty important. Um, and, you know, in my opinion, more important than, you know, getting a, a half scholarship to a slightly bigger school or maybe not even a bigger school, but a different division. Right. Um, so, so yeah, 
I guess that would be for recruiting. Um, at college, you know, we talked about buying into the, the, the weights, also buying into whatever the scheme on the field is, just as much as you buy into the scheme off the field. Um, yeah, other than that, I'm sure we'll have some sub-episodes after this talking about some of the nitty-gritty details of some of that stuff. But, yeah, that's good. Perfect. Um, you may have kind of already answered this, and I think you actually used the words earlier, but I'll, I'll cue it up to you again. Um, <laughs> what advice would you go back and give yourself as a younger athlete? Could be about anything. And just if you could set when you would go back to tell yourself that. Yeah, so I think I'd probably go back to my, I think that's 15, 16 year old self. Whenever I was a sophomore in high school, I, I took a year off of uh, basketball. My I didn't play basketball my junior year um, in hopes to train really hard for baseball and attempt to get a, a scholarship for baseball, you know, giving, giving more time to a, a sport to try and advance to the next level. <laughs> Um, I tell every high school kid I meet about this because a, a big thing these days is, is specializing um, in, in sports. And I would highly not, not, not recommend it at all. Um, like we talked about before, being an athlete um, is much more important than being good at your sport, um, in my opinion, especially because the, the high school level is just different than the college level, no matter where you go. Um, so when you get to college, like you can be morphed into a really good college football player, baseball player, whatnot. You, you know, if you're, if you're looking at colleges, you probably have the, the general talent to make it there. Um, but I think if I would have stayed in basketball my junior year, I might have gotten, a, you know, a little bit more. You know, I always got a lot of conditioning out of basketball. I, I got a lot of, you know, footwork and stuff like that, which I missed out on that year. So, you know, who knows what would have happened on the football field, you know, stuff like that. So my advice would be to, you know, play as much sport, as many sports as you can, you know, just do stuff you enjoy and not make it because of trying to make the next level. Um, <laughs> and I say that because I didn't end up even going to play college baseball, which makes it kind of funnier. <laughs> so For sure. uh, you can use me as your, uh, you know, as the guinea pig. It, it doesn't work. Um, just be really athletic. <laughs> Fair enough. What has been one of the most influential resources or whatever you want to kind of highlight that you have found, you know, within your athletic career that you think people should be aware of? Um, so do you mean like person or place or thing or any of the above? Okay. You're choosing. Um, I probably say my, my coaches, um, I was blessed with really good coaches, um, from when I was, you know, playing little league baseball all the way up through, you know, my senior year on the football field, um, you know, coaches coach, you know, especially high school sports because they, they love it. Um, and, you know, they're, they're not getting paid a whole lot. <laughs> you know, sometimes they get a stipend of a thousand bucks a year or whatever, but, you know, they're not getting paid a lot. They do it because they love the game and they want to help kids advance and be good at it and hopefully, you know, make the next level. Um, like I remember my high school coaches told me that, you know, they were proudest when I picked a college to go to school to, because it meant I was playing the sport that they were coaching me at and I was going to get a higher education. So um, I would say all my coaches throughout and then at college, I mean, I had a pr pretty lovely coaching staff. I mean, Matt, I was um, coach Janice was my D court D coordinator the entire time I was there. And then, 
my senior year, he took the leap to head coach. And now he's, you know, two-time WIAC coach of the year. And I think he got regional awards this year. So, um, yeah, just really lean on your coaches. They're there for a reason. Um, yeah, definitely my coaches for sure. Fair enough. Always a good one. Last question. Um, and again, kind of apply this where you want, but with our hashtag making the complicated simple, how is something that you have interacted with, whether it's with rising athletes or just in your you know athletic career, you know, taking something that's complicated, at least seemingly, how would you make that simple? Yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I mean, for me, obviously football is my example. Um, I think that people think that, I mean, it is football is complicated. It's a complicated sport. Um, but the best way to get better at playing football or best way to get better at football is by playing football. Um, so, you know, the more you do it, um, the better you get, um, like, like I, we didn't run much of a defense on, you know, not much X's and O's in high school. Um, I had a really good defensive coordinator who made it really simple for me. That was kind of, you know, see ball, tackle ball, um, you know, it was really helpful for me just to, you know, taught me how to, you know, read linemen and stuff like that, made that stuff simple. Um, but people kind of get, I think, especially, you know, kids coming out of high school get scared about knowing playbooks and stuff in college um, and stuff like that. And, and, you know, kind of football as a whole, you know, when you go, you talk about, <laughs> it's overwhelming when you think about, you know, a new scheme, you know, offense or defense, you know, weights that, you know, you've never trained as diligently before, as focused on certain things, um, school and all that stuff, but um, you get better at it, you know, as you go. So I guess, you know, complicated to simple would be, you know, it sounds very complicated, um, but the more you do it, the better you get at it. Um, and it's not something you just like study more and, and know it's something that you just learn over time. Um, so I guess, maybe the game of football in general, <laughs> the right. more you do it, the simpler it gets. Awesome. Well, this was great to catch up, relive a few of the glory days. Uh, back yeah. Oh, yeah. Lacrosse. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then people stay tuned uh, for some follow-ups in the future. Yeah. We'll have to jam on some of the nutrition and weights and stuff like that. Yes, Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thanks, Joel. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Clinically Pressed. We really hope you enjoyed hearing from Rusty and what Rising Athletes is doing. Uh, this is a, another local nonprofit that we're really looking forward to doing some more things with. Uh, it's been really a lot of fun watching Rusty develop as a person, just knowing him all through his college career and seeing what he's doing now and the impact that he's having on athletes that may not have had the opportunities that other have others have if you want to check them out risingathletes.org uh, please do that if you want to hear more we are planning to do some follow-up episodes with rusty just talking about nutrition answering some questions that really seem to get in the way of high school athletes uh, just not knowing uh, even speaking from personal experience that things i wish i would have known back when i was going through it to really help make the most of it and not just doing what we found in muscle and fitness and flex magazine so appreciate everyone checking out this episode and we will talk to you with the next one